Well, good morning, everybody. It's good to see you all here today. Uh, I'm, I'm so excited about this morning, about this panel that is up here with you. Uh, and before we get started, I just want to uh, start off by reading a passage of Scripture. Um, it comes from 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 19 and 20. And it says this, And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. So the point of this passage is for those of us in here this morning that would say we are Christians, we are followers of Jesus, we have you know, made Jesus not just the forgiver of our life, but also our leader. The point of this passage is that for those of us who are, are followers of Jesus, all of us are ambassadors of Christ. We are all Christ representatives. And the question that I want to pose for us this morning is, what kind of representative of Christ are we? Um, are we really making a difference with our lives? Are we really representing Jesus uh, in a way that makes people feel loved and honored and accepted. And so we thought, uh, what better way to learn about the process of engaging in spiritual conversations than to invite people who would say, you know, I'm not really a Christian, but I'm open to having spiritual conversations, invite them uh, to help us learn how to best be Christ's representatives. And so that is exactly what we did. And I think that these folks up here with me this morning are extremely brave uh, for coming up here today to sharing with us. So can you welcome them with me? So the, the first question that I want to ask of, of you all this morning is just to kind of go around and give me your name, uh, where you live, what you do for a living, and then maybe a hobby that you enjoy. Uh, hi, good morning. My name is uh, KJ. I'm in online marketing. I currently live in Bloomington, and I'm an obsessive cook. And see, my, one of my hobbies is eating, and so we really need to get together after this. And it's a symbiotic relationship. Yes. <laughs> Um, my name is Katie May. I also live here in Bloomington. I'm a music promoter, and I'm a single mom of four kids, so I don't have time for a hobby. <laughs> Hi, everyone. I'm Caroline. Um, I also live in Bloomington. I work for Indiana University uh, at Indiana University Outdoor Adventures, um, and I'm a rock climber. Which still, is that's just crazy to me, that you climb rocks for fun. <laughs> it's crazy to me, too. That's yeah. the point. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Well, the first question that I want to ask you all is uh, what we call the, the Christianity scale. And so on a scale from 1 to 10, where would you say that you are um, with the Christian faith? If 10 is the most devout follower of Jesus that, that we've ever met, you know, just a very righteous person, pious, you know, that. Um, a one being someone who uh, is not interested at all in Christianity, and a five being that place where someone crosses the line of faith. Where, where would you say you might fall in that, uh, that Christianity scale? I guess I'm a one. A one? Okay. I'd say I'm a 3.5. 3.5. Okay, so there's some curiosity there. All right. Uh, yeah, I'll go with 2.5. 2.5. All right. So can I be good. one and a quarter? You can be one and a quarter? Yes, that is, uh, that is totally fair. <laughs> okay, so, so the, the second question is, is about God. Um, you know, as Christians, we believe that God 
uh, is the, the creator of life, the sustainer. He is our, our loving heavenly father. He's the one who gives us strength and, and, and compassion during difficult times. And so the question is, what do you believe about God? Do you believe that God exists? Um, if he does exist, what kind of, of God do you believe him to be? Um, I would describe myself as cautiously optimistic in yeah. the sense that I really would love there to be a God. That would be awesome. I yeah. really wish I believed in God, um, but I just don't, but I want to. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So cautiously optimistic. I, I'm you're, hopeful. You're hopeful. I'm hopeful. Okay. That's good. Um, fundamentally, no, I don't believe in God. And I don't feel any need to believe in God, so I don't have any, neither hopes dashed, no, nothing like that. It's just, if there is a God, I would like to have him show himself. That'd be nice. Yeah, that's good. Uh, I don't, how do I want to put this? Mm -hmm. Um, Not... I believe that there's a higher power than just us. I call it the universe, you guys call it God, it's Jah, it's Allah, it's it's whatever you choose to believe in. But yeah, I believe that there's a higher power than us, for sure. Yeah. Now what about the Bible? Um, again, Christians believe that, that the Bible is the inspired word of God given to us, um, not just to point us to the way of salvation, but also uh, kind of the, the instructions for how to, to live this life. Um, what do you believe about the Bible? I guess, first of all, how many of you have, have read the Bible, whether it be parts of it or, or all of it? Read? Okay, so you're, there's some familiarity with the Bible. Um, what are your thoughts on, on the Bible? Is it God's Word to us? Is it just a, a book of good wisdom? What do you, what do you feel? Katie, why don't you start us? Uh, I believe that it is God's teaching, but it is unfortunately written by man, and man has its own viewpoints and opinions, and you can have two people see the same accident and give two entirely different stories. Mm -hmm. It's just the way that it works out. And so unfortunately, that's what's happened with the Bible, is that it has had man's opinions and uh, what he is trying to promote himself and his goals adding on to it. I mean, there are books in the Vatican that are stored that people don't even know about or haven't even read, and that's very, very unfortunate. Yeah. So you feel like there's some inconsistencies in that, whether it be in how it was compiled or things that, that you feel might be left out or, or missing. Definitely, definitely. Even. The core of it is good because God's <clears throat> word is good. I mean, we don't kill your neighbor, don't sleep with your neighbor's wife, yeah. don't steal. You know, I mean, those are good beliefs that everybody and every major religion, if you look at it, tries to promote. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, like I said, you know, man has put his own goals and what he wants the Bible to do for the human race. And does that make sense? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I've studied the Bible quite a bit and I find it to be inconsistent um, across different translations and different denominations. Mm-hmm. So that's frustrating. Yeah. So when you look at it and you see there's like all of these different types of versions, you're thinking, how can there be so many different versions to choose from. And yeah. 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 It's interesting. We did a, we did a series that we, we just wrapped up called Curious, where we asked, like, what questions do you have about faith? And that was, that was a question that popped up pretty, pretty consistently, even amongst our own churches. Why are there so many versions of the Bible? It can be confusing. Yeah. That's good. KJ? Um, fundamentally, I think that uh, the Bible is a collection of stories written by men over centuries that was used to sort of instruct and educate people into how to live their lives at the time. Uh, 
And what is written in the Bible applied five, four thousand years ago, but maybe some of it doesn't necessarily apply today. Now, some of it, as she had mentioned, like the Ten Commandments, obviously apply today. You know, that's that's a given. But then there's other stuff that's a bit nutty that doesn't necessarily apply today. So, you know, you have to take, kind of take. The, I read the Bible with a grain of salt, like you know, like like okay, well, this happened, and maybe it happened, or maybe it's an allegory, but. Generally speaking, it's a book written by men for men to consume. Okay. I appreciate you guys sharing all of that. Um, so now let's talk about Jesus, because nothing makes a conversation awkward like talking about Jesus. Good guy. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, what, do you, what do you believe about, about Jesus? Uh, and, and typically people might find themselves all over the spectrum when it comes to Jesus. Uh, so you have people who would say he didn't even exist. You'd have people who say, you know, Jesus existed, he was a real person, but like that's really about it. Maybe he was a good moral teacher, he was a good man. Um, some people might say that he was a prophet. Um, others would say that he was the son of God. So I guess the question I want to pose to you guys this morning is, who, who would you say that Jesus is? Somebody says that Jesus didn't exist? There are people who believe that. Yeah. I thought we'd put that one to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> so you feel like there's enough evidence? Oh yeah, I mean historically, was, like just even out of this person definitely Bible. existed. Mm -hmm. Like he was, you, you know, unfortunately, the myth that was created around Jesus sort of clouds his actual impact. You know, like he was possibly a prophet. He was at least a teacher mm -hmm. and a very good human being. You know, he just got a raw deal in the end. Yeah. Yeah. I believe that Jesus Christ definitely existed, that he was a good man trying to spread what he believed at the time Christianity was a good religion to help the human race. Yeah, so he was just a kind of a philanthropic soul that wanted to help people and show yeah. people like there's a there's a better way that we can all kind of get along yeah. <laughs> with one yeah. another. And I definitely believe, you know, he traveled near and far and, you know, tried to get us all into his belief in his religion, which is what he thought was the best at the time. Okay. Yeah, I also believe Jesus was a man, but I don't think a man can be God. I think mm -hmm. that if there is a God, he's so much higher than us. It's hard to, I just don't get the crossover. Yeah. I can't understand that. Yeah, I think you said last night it's even presumptuous of someone to, yeah, I, of a man I think to it's say, a little I'm, presumptuous. I'm God. Yeah, interesting. So, so then let's turn to the resurrection. Um, as Christians, we believe that everything hinges on the resurrection. In fact, uh, Paul, even uh, a person who wrote part of the New Testament, said that if the resurrection didn't happen, then we're all just a bunch of fools for believing any of this. And so the question is, you know, what do you feel about the resurrection? Is that something that actually happened, or is it something that was just kind of made up? Um, in the same vein, I can't understand that. Yeah. And it's beyond my comprehension. So that's my big sticking point with Christianity is yeah. I don't think that can happen. That somebody Physically, who I just don't think it can happen. Dead, I mean, decomposing, there's no way he could come back from, from the dead. Yeah. Um, just because I like to believe in science <laughs> and facts, I don't believe that resurrection happened. I think it was a myth created in order to create a myth around Christ so that, you know, he could be elevated above humans. Because if he had just died, then he's just another one of us. But if he is resurrected, then 
clearly he is a higher being. So that's why the myth was created, and that's what it is. And it was used for propaganda purposes, and then started new religion, and it's all well and good. Yeah. yeah, because that's a good point. I mean, if somebody actually did raise from the dead, then he's probably worth listening to. <laughs> probably pretty special. Yeah, probably something pretty special there. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, I believe exactly what Sean said. Um, without the resurrection, there wouldn't be Christianity, and man needed that in order to turn him into a god. Kind of validate what they yeah. felt about him. Yeah. So, so let me ask you then: What do you think happens after we die? So our life comes to an end, heart stops beating, we take our final breath. Uh, what happens? Is there life after death? Is there a day of, of judgment? Is there a heaven, a hell? Uh, what do you think happens after someone dies? Well, I really hope there's no hell because <laughs> <laughs> yikes for me. <laughs> No, I basically believe that, you know, once your body stops working and your brain shuts down, then that's it. I'll finally get some sleep. <laughs> All right. So that's just you. That's it. There's, the, there's, there's no continuation. No there's, no, yeah. there's no nothing. Yeah. Like, KJ was, is, yeah. and is no more. No, I can get to live on in people's memories, which is always nice, yeah. you know? No, that's right. And on Facebook, apparently, you live on forever, so... <laughs> Never die. <laughs> they have a special setting just for that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Kate, what about, uh, yeah. Sorry. Um, I don't know. Uh, yeah. That's the big point. I, I have no idea, and I can't tell you what happens, but I am going to make a strong guess that there's no such thing as hell. Mm. Um, there might be heaven, but I just don't believe that there's any God that would be so that would send you to hell, mm. yeah. any of you, any of us. Yeah, but that almost seems cruel in what you, yeah. what you do kind of understand about God, but maybe that yeah. butts heads. I'm a good person. Yeah. Katie's a good person. KJ yeah. seems We're, to be The a jury's good still out on KJ. <laughs> We're still trying to figure out. <laughs> I love that, dude. Um, yeah, no, I, I understand what you're saying. So, yeah, good, good people. Why, why would you do that? No. So I believe that, um, well, we are all one. We all have energies that we exchange with one another. It can be good and that I help you across the street or you know, it can be bad where I criticize you of something. Regardless, we have an energy exchange. And I have a hard time believing that that energy just goes when we die. Mm -hmm. So I believe that our soul goes um, to the universe that it, we do become one with the universe and that we immediately become enlightened and we can see things for how they truly are. So it's not really like a reincarnation type thing, but just our soul becomes a part of the grander universe is mm -hmm. what you believe. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. Uh, so on a, on a confidence scale of one to 10, I, and, and let me just kind of back up and I shared this with you all last night, but I want to share it with, with you this morning. Um, I became a, a follower of Jesus um, when I was 18 years old, and, and really, in that moment, I, I had um, an experience with something that I felt like was very real, and as, as I've hoped that my faith has become less emotional and more intellectual, there have been times through my walk with Jesus where I feel 100% sure of what I believe. And there are times where I look at it all and I'm going, okay, is this really true? Like, am I giving my life to something um, that, is, that is a lie? And so there are times where 
Like I've even struggled with doubt. Maybe you've been in that place too as a, as a follower of Jesus, as a Christian. And, and so from day to day, a confidence scale of what I believe about Christianity, I might say, oh yeah, I'm a 10. And then there are other days where I'm going, I'm like a three or a four today. Um, so you guys have just, and, and I so appreciate you bearing everything here to us this morning. Um, on a confidence scale of one to 10, how confident are you that what you believe is truth, is, is accurate? I would say a nine. A nine? So you feel pretty, pretty confident? Pretty confident. Yeah. I would never say a 10 because you can't be certain of everything or anything, but yeah. a nine is pretty good. Yeah, that's good. I'm a one. <laughs> yeah, I'm straight up one. I'm doing. <laughs> I'm super confused. So, straight up one. One. All right. I'd say I'm a seven or an eight. You know, I definitely believe in the law of karma. And if you're a good person, you get good things back to you. And I've been shown that time and time again. If I do something good, good things happen to me. If I do something bad, Bad things come back to me. Mm. It's just so. I'm, so I'm your your confident. experiences kind of confirm then what you what you feel like you believe. And Definitely. Yeah. So Definitely. You, you feel pretty confident in that. So. At this point, it's taken a long time to get here. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're gonna we're gonna shift gears here just a little bit, uh, and and I want to talk about your experiences in the church, your experiences uh, with Christians, and engaging in spiritual conversations in the past. Uh, and I'm really excited about this next part because through our conversations, through our emails, and even you know what, what was said last night, I believe that this panel has so much to teach us. You guys have so much that, that you can teach us in here this morning about how we can do a better job of engaging in spiritual conversations. Um, so, so the next question is, you know, what has been your past experience with attending or visiting church services or engaging with Christians in spiritual conversations? Um, how have you been treated, and how has that made you feel? Kelly, why don't you start? Sure. Um, I went to church for 18 years. Mm -hmm. I've done the Bible studies and youth groups. I was a camp counselor at a Christian uh, camp for quite a few years. Um, and I've walked into almost every church in Bloomington, not this one, um, yet, but be here, <laughs> here two, you are. <laughs> two times today. Um, I keep trying to go to church and I can't keep myself going, uh, but I'm really familiar with it. I understand what's going on. Um, yeah. Okay. And then I've had some really negative experiences with Christians. Um, I have been told I'm going to hell quite a few times, been called an abomination a couple times, um, and in general have received a lot of negative feedback on who I am as a human being. Um, but I've also had some really, really wonderful experiences as well. Yeah, that breaks my heart that you've had... <laughs> that, but I'm glad that you've had some good experiences. Including so. this one. You guys are really nice. <laughs> you haven't, like, yelled at us yet <laughs> told us to leave, so thank you. Um, I went to church when I was really young. I barely remember it. Uh, the pastor left, and my mom didn't enjoy the new pastor, so we quit going. Um, and then my next interaction would have been with uh, who turned out to be my um, husband, my now ex-husband, but he, his family was very involved in the Nazarene church. 
And I remember when I first went over to his house on their table was the biggest Bible I had ever seen. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, what did I get myself into? I wasn't quite <laughs> as heavily tatted at that point, but still, you know? But it, it did turn out to be a very good experience. You know, we went to church a few times and, um, you know, like Caroline, I had some interactions that, you know, very judgmental and I shouldn't be the way that I am because it's written in the Bible that you shouldn't do it. And, you know, that's not, that doesn't make me who I am. I am a very good person. I believe in treating everyone with kindness. And just because you see this doesn't m mean you know who I am. Mm. And so judgment, yeah. that's, I felt a lot of judgment from the church, mm -hmm. for sure. But again, I've also had some really beautiful experiences, so. Thanks for sharing. Um, I've never really had any negative experiences. Um, I just sort of drifted away from church. I grew up in a Catholic church. I went to Catholic school. I grew up in, this, in a country, Italy, where, I mean, the church pervades every facet of society. You can't escape it. You don't go to church, basically. Every time you step outside, you're basically in church because everyone goes to church. <laughs> everyone in your away. neighborhood goes to church. It's just what you do. It's not even like you don't even think about it. You don't necessarily have to be a believer because it's also just a place for social interaction. I had my first beer in church. <laughs> was, it, was it here? No, no not okay. here. <laughs> All right, just one. Although that bar looks very tempting. <laughs> uh, I sort of just drifted away, and I never had any negative experiences in Italy, unless you count getting beat up by nuns and priests <laughs> in school. But that's a different matter. I probably deserved it. Um, whereas here in the U.S., like I find that there's so much antagonism between the believers and non-believers that I'm almost a little afraid of ever talking to someone who calls themselves a Christian. I'm like, oh, okay, we're not going to be friends. Mm. And and it's also that's. At least 50% my fault, at least. Um, but as far as negative experiences per se, I just try to avoid them as best as I can. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's, it's interesting that you mentioned that because I've had, I, I tell people I have a love-hate relationship with the question, so what do you do for a living? Because, uh, you know, I'm a, well, I'm a, I'm a minister, and some people are like, oh, that's, that's really good. And there's a bridge, you know, and, and so we had a new neighbor move in to, um, next door, and I went to introduce myself to him, and that question came up. And he said, so what do you do for a living? And I said, I'm, I'm a minister at a church here in town. And he goes, oh, yeah, you and I aren't going to get along. <laughs> nice. It's like, okay, that really makes me sad, because you don't know me, but there's like some past experiences there um, that made him think we're not going to get along. And so I kind of hear that reflected in what you guys just said. There's a lot of judgment that maybe you felt from believers instead of just love and wanting to get to know who you are. Well, you, on the other hand, felt judgment from non-believers. So mm. well, there's two sides. There's always two sides there's, to the yeah, story. There's always two know? sides. There's always two sides. But again, I, I think the, the big takeaway there for me was he had some experiences in his past that made him feel like I was going to be just like every other Christian maybe he's met. So, so you know, this is usually the, the place where the preacher preaches. Um, but you guys have an opportunity now to, to teach uh, us. If you could say anything to a group of Christians about how to best initiate and sustain a, a helpful dialogue with you about faith, uh, what would you say? And what could we do as Christians to make you feel valued and loved and respected and heard? Well, just that. Make us feel valued and loved and respected. You know, just because I have tattoos doesn't mean I'm not a good person, mm. you know, or that um, I'm a sinner. 
which we're all sinners. We all have a story to tell and a story to listen to, yeah. and we can learn from one another. The Bible has wonderful stories in it, and that's what it's there for, to teach us. And I have been taught. You know, one of my people that I work with, he is very involved in the church. And mm -hmm. the way that he preaches to me is that he tells me a story. And if I'm willing to accept it and learn, live that, learn that lesson, then he's okay with that. And if I don't, then it's fine. But it's you know an open dialogue. Respect mm -hmm. me, and I'll respect you. Yeah, that's really good. Could you? Well, I would start off by saying, don't be like Sean's neighbor. Don't, <laughs> don't immediately <laughs> assume that we can't be friends because we certainly yeah. can be. I'm now friends with him, and we just met, and he's a minister, and I am not. <laughs> and we get along just fine, and we can probably talk about spiritual issues, but there is, yeah. uh, there is a moment that, you know, it takes a little, it's sort of like a date. You have to break the ice, you know, like, mm -hmm. and, and you can't be judgmental, and you have to empathize. Try to put yourself in our mm -hmm. shoes, you know, like, try to imagine what we think, and we'll try to imagine what you think, and then we'll meet somewhere halfway, and we can have a conversation. Man, that's beautiful. Just show empathy. Yeah. Empathy care, is key. I mean, that's the key to everything, really. Yeah, know that we all have a story to tell, background, something that we've been through. Yeah, I echo that and say that you need to treat me like a person, not like a project. Mm. I know that I have flaws. I'm so aware of all of them. <laughs> uh, do not mm. need to be reminded before the conversation. Um, and mm. then it, it's my experiences that have been really positive with Christians, or like my roommate, uh, who is very strong believer, she it cares so deeply about it and it's so a part of her life that when we have conversations the way friends do, it comes up because it's, it's her. And we talk about faith because she embodies that in her daily life. And, and it's not like she goes into the conversation like, okay, now we're gonna convert Caroline. <laughs> no, no, it's yeah. just her. Um, and then another story that I've told Sean, um, that has been my most positive experience in Bloomington with a Christian is, and the most I've gone to church um, this year, was I went for four consecutive services, um, and I went because my climbing partner was the happiest person I've ever met. <laughs> the happiest person ever. And he talked about church sometimes, and I was so, it's like, you know what, I could use a little happiness. He seems <laughs> to have it figured out. So I ended up going to his church just because he was so happy, and they had donuts, so I kept coming back, and you guys brought crescent donuts today for me, so <laughs> see ya next service. I'm staying. You bring up such a great point there of the two people that, that have made, that you feel comfortable, they're friends, like they're friends first, right? And I mean, that's, that's what we're all looking for. It's just a deeper level of engagement with a friend. And, and as you have that, natural things that are valuable to you just come up, and that's okay. Like, it doesn't feel weird in that moment. Right? Yeah. So uh, on a scale of, of 1 to 10, um, how open are you guys to having spiritual conversations? I'm a 10. Very open. I, I am. I am. I, I definitely consider myself a spiritual person. I'm not a religious person. <clears throat> but I enjoy having a dialogue, as long as it's open, loving, and kind. Yeah, yeah, that's good. I'm gonna preempt her fraction and just say five and five-eighths, just, <laughs> just to be different. <laughs> I honestly, like, I like talking about spiritual issues. 
I don't like to be preached at because I, I'm, I'm an adult. I have my own ideas already. You know, I've spent enough time in churches and I've spent enough time dealing with religion in general that, you know, you're not going to convince me of much. But I am open. Yeah, you're open. But I think you sure. said before. That's why I'm here. It kind of gets exhausting after, after a while. It, it can could, be. It can I, be. Uh, if it's uh, just like that's the only thing that you guys talk about. It's like talking about Canadian football to me, you know. It's like it exists. I know because Canada exists, so they must have football up there. But really, who cares? What's the point? Uh, I'm a seven. I don't really know what I believe, and I'm also a little bit nervous to go into conversations yeah. when I don't know what my position is, um, and kind of scared because of some of the interactions I've had in the past. Yeah. Too. So a little gun shy of a gun wanting shy. to. Oh, that's good. Okay. Am I going to be called an abomination? Yes, but with yeah. my friends, very open to yeah. it. Oh, that's good. Situational. Yeah. So last night, as I was um, putting my daughter to bed, I was thinking about you guys and just how it would be if if I were in your shoes. Like if I were invited to um, a group of atheists who said, hey, just come and share what you believe. And just the fact that you all were open and excited to do something like this, and you've shown that excitement in a few different unique ways, um, just I think speaks volumes to the openness that you do have and uh, just who you are as people. And so I, I really appreciate it because it would be hard for me. I'm telling you, the good doing. donuts and coffee help. That does? Okay. Well, good. <laughs> Maybe if there were donuts and the right kind of coffee, I could be there. <laughs> so the last question that I have for you guys today um, is, assuming that there is a God, and I know, you know that, that could be an assumption that's hard to make, but assuming that there is a God, if you could ask God one question and you knew that immediately you would get a response, um, what one question would you ask God? Okay. How can we all just love and respect one another? I mean, we are all, at the end of the day, we're all just people. We all want the same thing. We want love from our family and our surroundings. We want a roof over our head, good food in our belly, education for our children. I mean, we all want the same core beliefs. And so how can we just stop all the, all the bigotry and the fighting and just be respectful to one another? Yeah, unite around those things that we have in common instead of divide around the things that we don't. Yep, that's good. Why am I talking to God? Have I died? <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty much the only time, right? <laughs> Um, no, I would like for God, if he does exist, or she, uh, to show himself, you know, to just mm -hmm. give me a little something, because prayer is a one-way street kind of communication, mm -hmm. and um, I would like some proof. Give me habeas corpus, proof of life. Mm -hmm. yeah. Also, next week, Powerball numbers, that'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I am a prayer I pray pretty often, which I find very strange, and I have trouble reconciling that because I mm. don't know what I'm praying to or why, but mm. I do it. Um, and I ask the same question all the time, and I'd, I'd love an answer, and that is, how do I make my life meaningful? Because mm. that bothers me a lot. Yeah. Yeah. You guys, thank you so much for sharing. Can we give our panel a hand this morning?
Uh, there's, a, there's, there's a couple of ways that we're going to follow up with this conversation with the panel. Uh, the first way is if you're in a life group, and I hope that you are, life groups are such a great way to be connected in community and to, to just grow together. Uh, if you're in a life group, this week you're going to be asking the same questions that we just asked up here on the panel. And you're going to have the opportunity as group members just to respond to one another. And we're, we're hoping for the same amount of openness and honesty uh, and candor that our panel members have just exhibited uh, within your life groups to be talking through these questions. Uh, the second way that you can engage in this is if you open up your bulletin, uh, you'll notice that there is uh, a little blurb on there about a survey that we have. And so online, uh, socc.org slash one life. Uh, we have a survey that you can get on and take that has these exact questions. And we're just curious from our congregation where we all kind of land on these questions that we asked here this morning. Uh, so we invite you to do those two things. If you are not in a life group, I'm sure that you can talk to John and we can, uh, we can get you plugged into one even this week. Uh, but go online also and take that survey. Um, I also wanted to let you guys know this morning, uh, the, the panel members said, if you have a follow-up question, uh, they would they would love to I guess is that accurate for everybody? I'm oh, sure. Spot. Okay. Always open for Q and A. I guess. All right, good. Um, so if you want to come up here and they would love to meet you, talk with you, if you have anything, um, I would just remind you that uh, what I promised them in this is that they would feel loved and respected throughout the whole thing, and that this would not be a debate. All right. So let's uh, help me keep that promise uh, that they would love to to meet you and answer any follow up questions that you might have. Um, man, guys, thanks. Can't wait to do this. And I, they get to do this, um, not just next service, but also three times next week. Uh, so pray for them as well. <laughs> so I'm going to close this off with a word of prayer. Father, thank you so much for this morning. Uh, thank you for your love and your grace in our lives through Jesus. And I am incredibly grateful for this panel that I have the privilege of uh, sitting up here with. Thank you for what you are doing in their lives. Thank you for how you love them and care for them as much as any of us. And so, God, I just pray that uh, this will be uh, a great experience and that we'll be able to take this as a church and learn from them about how we can do a better job of just representing you and showing uh, people your love and your grace through the friendships that we have. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.